Point Made, the podcast from Centre Point, by young people, for all people. Centre Point is the UK's leading youth homelessness charity. At Centre Point, we believe no young person's life should be defined by homelessness. We give young people the support they need to heal and grow no matter what. For over 50 years, we've been the centre point for change, personal and political. Everyone has their part to play, with young people leading the way. This podcast has been created by young people with lived experience of homelessness. We'll be shining a spotlight on some of the issues that affect us. We hope to challenge and change some of the stereotypes and bring others with us as a part of a movement to end youth homelessness for good. This podcast was recorded on Zoom due to the coronavirus pandemic. Point Made, the podcast from Centre Point, by young people, for all people. Hello and welcome to Point Made, the new Centre Point podcast by young people, for all people. I'm your host, Catherine, a former Centre Point resident and peer researcher. And I'm Shannon, a former Centre Point resident. This is our very first episode and we're really excited to be sharing this on National Podcast Day. Today we'll be looking at the government plans for universal credit and how this will affect young people and we'll talk about the research we've been doing looking at the benefit system. We'll also be looking at some of the common misconceptions in the media around homelessness, the benefit system and young people in general. We're here with a few former and current Centrepoint residents who we will hear from in a minute but first I'd like to welcome Billy Hardin from Centrepoint's policy team who's been leading on this research. Thanks Shannon. So yeah I'm Billy and I work in the policy team here at Centrepoint. Um, and we've been doing some research over the past nine months now um, with a great group of you know, peer researchers looking at young people's experiences of the benefit system and looking at the key issues and the challenges that young people are facing. And basically what we want to do with this research is identify what those key problems are and then use that to campaign for change and really try and get the government and you know, key people to listen uh, about the key issues which are affecting young people. So what we've been doing is we've been speaking to young people across the country through a, a big survey, speaking to staff and key stakeholders, so people working for homeless charities, working for councils. Uh, we've also been doing focus groups and interviews with young people, just to really kind of understand you know, what those key challenges are and what are the key things that we um, need to change. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to introduce you to Morgan here, who's been one of the peer researchers working on the project over the last few months. Hi, hi. So um, I'm Morgan. I've been with Centrepoint for the past three years now, and I recently became a volunteer for Centrepoint, mainly focusing around policy and media. But yeah, the peer research team has been working their backsides off recently to make sure that we actually get the change that is needed. We've been focusing a lot around universal credit recently, uh, looking into how most of it works, um, how we feel about it. And from what we've got so far, we have found that it is quite a uh, unfair process. There is quite a lot of issues based around it, such as uh, under 25s getting a lot less money compared to over 25s. Quite a lot of difficulties with actually being able to claim universal credit in the first place. There is quite a lot of young people that struggle to do so. And then just so many other issues that need to be addressed by not only us, but by the government, by other groups that work with the job centre or other charities or anything like that, that, you know, have a main focus around supporting young people who are on universal credit. I will now be passing back on to uh, the next person.
So during the coronavirus pandemic, we had a £20 uplift to universal credit, which has been an absolute lifeline for thousands and thousands of people. It's due to end on the 6th of October, which is going to push 500,000 people into poverty, 200,000 being children. I just want to introduce you to some of the other peer researchers who have got some key stats for you. Stat one. So hi, I'm Mitak. I'm one of the peer researchers here at Centrepoint. Um, the first stat is that seven in 10 people, which is 69% of young people, said that it would be more difficult to buy food and household essentials if the cut goes ahead. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, from personal experience, I used to get a lot less from Universal Credit before I managed to claim ESA because of uh, me requiring, you know, the extra support because of disabilities or other mental issues or anything like that. When it comes to the extra amount that we were getting, that's £20 extra a week, which would total up to about £80 uh, for some people. When it comes down to it, £20 can be a lot to people. I said on an interview with BBC not too long ago, it can literally fill half of your bridge if you do spend that money correctly, if you know where to go and how to, you know, like be wise with your cash. It's not just people like myself or, you know, like other young homeless people or anything like that. There is many, many different types of people who are on universal credit that were getting that uplift that will struggle just that little bit extra because of that decrease in their payment. Yeah, I understand that a lot of people may say, oh, well, it was meant to be temporary anyway, but in our case, us being under 25s, that money is money that we should have got in the first place anyway, because we shouldn't be at a um, disadvantage. It's something that we should be getting either way without actually having to go through a pandemic to actually get in the first place. Um, so I just wanted to say, how do you guys respond to some people that say, this is only something that has been put in place now and the money wasn't like this before. So how did people survive before? You know, how do we respond to that in the sense to just like explain like, you know, if this was something that wasn't like that before and then it's just being taken away, but it's not necessarily taken away. It's actually just going back to the original amount. I think, you know, there's been a freeze on public sector wages and benefits haven't been going up in line with inflation. And so, you know, the £20 uplift is, for me, not even enough to cover it anyway. So I think the benefit net rates need looking at anyway, especially for under 25s. Bills and food are still the same whether you're 22 or whether you're 52. So it really needs to be looked at, I think. I mean, if I was to give any opinions on it, it would be a sense of you're asking how are we meant to cope and all that kind of stuff, or how did we cope before? And the actual answer to that is we didn't cope. I think also um, because of zero hour contracts and unstable work, it's very difficult to find work, which covers the basic essentials. So it leaves people very, very trapped into poverty and without a rising living wage, people are, are really struggling. You know, you've got nurses coming back, working ridiculous shifts and then having to go to food banks. Food banks are on the absolute rise and a lot of people that are working claim universal credit are now facing themselves in serious serious hardship and it's destroying people and poverty and inequality is just going up and up and up and the polarization between the rich and the poor is getting worse and worse start two um so hi everyone um, my name is bethany i'm also a peer researcher at centerpoint 
and yeah so I have this stat here that we found and it is six in ten so 59% of young people said that it would be harder to pay rent and essential bills if the cut goes ahead. I mean it's true that money that you know they would be having to put towards bills is the same money that they would necessarily want to spend on you know like food costs traveling so yeah it is generally going to be harder for people who are you know like of a younger age or below 25 to actually pay their bills and actually you know like manage to uh sort out all their finances because they will have a lot less money you know the benefit system is a public service and that it's there and we should be proud of it um, like the nhs act to protect the most vulnerable in society you know these are young people that have gone through trauma homelessness all sorts of kind of abuse and really with that insecurity so we need to be proud of our welfare system and be proud that we are looking after people and getting them back on their feet but it just needs to be fit for purpose and if we talk about people getting into debt, we talk about the five-week wait, we've got to take out an advance loan that's already pushing people into debt before they've even started. So it's an unfair playing field, really. Young people are at a disadvantage and universal credit claimants are at a disadvantage. I just want to add something to that as well, Catherine, um, saying that you know a lot of people forget how vulnerable a young person can be. And a lot of the time, a lot of situations and circumstances occurs that makes it harder for you to pay your rent and pay your bill. Um, you know, sometimes it's not just paying a rent and then paying for food and that's it. Sometimes something goes wrong in the property. Um, a leak happens, a flood happens. You don't know, anything could happen. And now you need a new furniture and now you need to pay something else to get plumbing done or something. And you don't have the funds to do it because you've got other issues to attend to, which is paying the bills. If not, I'll get kicked out and evicted and I'm homeless again. So, and a lot of time people forget that because we're more vulnerable and we don't have any support. So we are on our own and initially um, to pay, you know, and take responsibility. And sometimes we can't do the things that we want to do, like go to uni and focus on our education to help us get a better job. So we're already starting in the lowest point at a disadvantage, you know, trying to get somewhere. Um, but we have all these burden and this um responsibilities on our shoulders already at such a young age. For young people and the, the universal credit standard allowance, um, taking this £20 away means taking more than a quarter away of the, the income in their pocket, which is huge. And, you know, some people are saying that if young people manage before, they can, you know, certainly manage again. Um, but I mean, the number of young people in universal credit doubled during the pandemic. So for hundreds of thousands of young people, they would have had any experience of the, the old rate. So for them, this is just going to be a, a huge cut to their incomes. Um, so I think that's something that, you know, we really need to consider. Start free. Hi, I'm Shannon. And again, I'm a peer researcher. Um, my stat is more than a third, 38% of young people said they would have to borrow money or ask for a loan because of this cut that's going ahead. I personally think that um, that's a, it would be a yes. A lot more young people will be going and asking for loans and asking people to borrow money. And I just wanted to ask what you guys think about it. I mean, with, with that point, right, it's, it comes down to like, how many times can you actually go and ask for money and help and to borrow money? Also, how many times would the other person be willing to give you or lend you money? Um, so it goes both ways. It kind of gets frustrating and it kind of just gets rid of that, that idea of that you want to be independent because you're, then you become dependent on other people 
um so it doesn't really help anyone anyway i think so yeah i personally have to borrow money because the like when i was on universal credit like what i was getting was just not enough to even cover me let alone with this cut that's going ahead um so you know as as you said it's almost a quarter of like your pocketed allowance that is going um so it's going to affect a lot of young people especially as not all young people have people to ask for money you know and for those young people uh it's going to be devastating for them because they have they generally have nobody to ask you know so that's just my my thoughts on on the situation following that up i also think that it leaves a lot of young people in very vulnerable situations where you know people can be very easily exploited and vulnerable young people are very easy targets for you know county lines criminal gangs um getting into prostitution all sorts i think the impact is massive and i think we need to protect these young people and just by keeping 20 pound a week to keep these young people safe is absolutely vital it's the human thing to do. Sorry, I wanted to add a point also that um, the fact that young people or anyone has to borrow or loan money, it just means that when they do get their allowance, they don't have what they need to spend. So it's like they're going around in a circle, like a cycle of borrowing or loaning and then paying back and then borrowing and loaning. It's basically like you might as well just go and get a loan. You know, it's the same repercussions because yes you might take money now and you'll be good for this week but when you get paid next week and you have to pay it back then what do you do then you know who do you go and ask so it's like a it's a very sad cycle that young people or people in general have to go through start four uh so hi again i'm morgan if you didn't already know um and just going on to the final point almost a third which is 29 percent of young people say that the cut will make it harder to access work education or training i think uh, one of my experiences is um, when i tried to do an access course um, and i was living in really bad housing um, i couldn't afford the internet and i didn't have a laptop and my tutor said to me in what day and age does someone not have internet so i think the stigma is really really there you know study books are really really expensive yeah and it's all getting there paying for your food to, to be in the lessons you know I'd, I'd go in starving and i could not concentrate so i think you know we need to be looking at that kind of thing as well there are certain things that can help but look at people with childcare costs that's absolutely crazy so i feel like people from you know disadvantaged backgrounds are very marginalized in education and opportunities in my own experience i think like this is for anybody that like before you go to university you could be on universal credit maybe in college or maybe in sixth form and you're going to find it difficult to save and if you are depending on um universal credit before then you're going to find it hard because that money just only enough to survive on and not really to save anything and then obviously there is a little bit of a gap because sometimes you're expected to pay your rent in the first month before you get your student finance. So if you don't have enough to pay your rent or pay the things that you need to pay for for university in September, you're going to find it even more hard. And that time is like a very crucial time because that's the time when you're just getting ready for university. And maybe this is where like some people drop out because you know they're just finding it that that time where the most like difficult is that you know they need these things and there's no one really around to help them at that point and then 
another thing because obviously like, in my own experience like I'm a mother but I'm also a university student and um yeah there were like so many costs to go towards like obviously not only just like, your travel your food but obviously like childcare costs and you have to take out um obviously you get a little bit of help but you still have to use some of your own money to put towards childcare, and it's not like little at all like it's not even money that you really have like that so you really have to manage your money but I think in one positive light like there are a lot of schemes and things out there to like really help young people maybe like the benefit system should really be more helping young people to find those and to access those because if young people don't know about it then they're going to struggle unintentionally knowing that you know there's things out there that could help you so it's just kind of about knowing what is out there that can help yeah I wanted to say I personally experienced this as well for myself um, a few years ago um, I wanted to go uni but I couldn't go because I was in a semi-independent housing at the moment um, so I was staying in one room and um it kind of made it hard for me to go uni because it would mean I'd lose getting a independent place for myself because then I'll be able to live in a hostel but which I didn't want to do that and it meant that I didn't have enough money to finance everything um, to do the degree and everything like that so it kind of forced me not to go uni um, and it, it didn't help me you know to look for a job either because I, did, I wasn't so qualified I didn't have the experience that I needed um, to be doing what I wanted to do um, and I, I needed the degree as well to get the job that I wanted um, which none of worked out it didn't happen um, and it ended up me being you know starting my own business and pursuing my own way of making money which is I mean it's good it turned out to be good for me but in most cases it's not always going to be like that not everyone is going to start up their own business and you know end up being successful and doing things um, and making their own money so it is much harder to pursue and a lot of people say you know get a job or go uni get a degree and it's not as easy as that um, especially when you're in that type of situation because you know sometimes you can and a lot of people that were around me especially my friends they were going to uni and getting the degrees but on the other hand I had other, other my friends that were in a similar situation like me that were homeless and now they're living in hostels or in one room that couldn't go to uni because they were being evicted or they're going to lose their property so um, a lot of times it was because of that I guess you know the, the practical barriers to accessing you know work and education if if you don't have the money to travel you know don't have the money for to kind of get the gear you need to you know move into work or education um, also I guess the wider impacts of you know like you said Catherine not be able to concentrate um, the kind of the impact that has on you know, your your ability to to access those things Point Made the podcast from Centre Point by young people, for all people. We were able to get some media coverage on the end of the uplift recently, and Morgan bravely put himself forward to be interviewed. He did not expect the plethora of negative comments that followed. Morgan, do you want to tell us a bit about that experience? It, it was quite interesting, really, because I've done a lot of interviews in the past, and it was my first. Um, so yeah, the uh, interview was mainly focused around my history as well as, you know, like a few points based around the uh, universal credit uplift and that £20 being taken away. I think the main issue was just random people who didn't know me at all, didn't have any knowledge of my background or what I do currently, just commented such, you know, like negative hate for no particular reason you know, like without actually acknowledging what I've done or, you know, what I've gone through or who I am as a person. 
Like, what, why would you just randomly go into the internet just to throw hate at some young person that's done nothing wrong to you? I did the interview in the first place to raise awareness and, you know, like, get that publicity for Centerpoint because, at the end of the day, Centerpoint is a charity that needs to be known and actually, you know, like, be supported by not only, you know, the government, but by many other people. Yeah, Morgan, um, what, what were some of the comments that really stood out to you and meant a lot? I think uh, one of the ones that did get to me a lot is just the whole spamming of, you know, people saying get a job or why is he not working and that kind of stuff without actually bothering to read the article and read the key point that said, oh, he's not working currently because he deals with extreme depression and a lot of other mental issues. If people can't be bothered to read the article, read between the lines and recognise that one statement, then what's the point in looking in the news in the first place? I think other comments like, oh, I bet he spends money on drugs and cigarettes and booze and all that kind of stuff and that, instead of, you know, focusing on his bills. Yeah, I will happily admit, I do smoke and I do drink. I don't take drugs. There's many reasons why I don't take drugs and I don't want to. Don't stereotype that every homeless person enjoys taking drugs because they don't. All of that stereotyping was so unnecessary because, like I said earlier, at the end of the day, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. Funny enough, I have a job. It may not be paid, but I work my backside off because I enjoy the work that I do and I want to help make a difference with not only people like myself, but the charity as a whole to make sure that it gets the recognition that it deserves. Yeah, I agree. I think people don't really try to understand someone's situation and what they've gone through before they just jump the gun and kind of make assumptions. And, you know, they probably didn't even read the full article and really understand what you had to go through. Um, you know, they just stereotyped you and just judged you straight away, uh, maybe just reading one sentence, um, which is quite sad. Um, I know Bethany had a hand up and Shannon as well. So uh, Bethany, over to you. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say, like, um, I really do, like, respect Morgan. And I said this before, like, I know Morgan and I know, like, he's really doing a lot of stuff. And even just some of the things that came out in the research was that, like, you know, there's people out there that are struggling with just having a mainstream job is not always for everybody. But sometimes just getting yourself engaged in other activities like volunteering and other things is still stimulating and just because it isn't paid it doesn't make that person less of a person and if they need to gain support it's just like imagine getting paid but you're getting paid for a bursary to support you there's nothing wrong with that of course not because you're still putting in the work and doing it and like I can say that in my own experience as well so I think we've all come to like an agreement here that a lot of these people I think they just see universal credit and then make their assumptions but don't try to delve into actually like the person and they don't know the person but I think there can be any type of person on universal credit like anybody can be in that situation and it's just kind of upsetting to hear that there's even that stigma at the time of COVID because they don't know like how long he's been experienced or been out of work but especially at a time in COVID where people have struggled to get work so I think people should be more sensitive to the to the subject of, you know, people actually having a job or whether they don't. Even if you want to kind of say, you know, that, you know, everybody should be engaged in something, then that is 
then that I guess I do agree with you know everybody should be engaged in something not just do nothing because that doesn't help anybody and it definitely doesn't help the person that's going through things as well so I mean just to quickly respond before I pass on to Shannon in response to that the reason why I do my volunteering is to help cure well not necessarily to cure my depression but to help manage it like it takes my mind off stuff it's something I enjoy the reason why I don't work is because I don't feel like I'm ready to work if I go into work and you know like get into a worse state I'm just going to lose that job and then struggle to get future jobs because I lost my previous one basically people should at least have the respect and acknowledge that I am wanting to take my time to you know like reform myself before I try pushing myself back into work depression doesn't go away after one night so you know let them manage it in the wrong way instead of you know forcing them to do stuff but yeah uh Shannon yeah I totally agree with what you were saying by the way um I just wanted to ask a question um to kind of like end it on like a positive note like what advice could we give to uh, people who are looking at us and are judging us certain ways it doesn't have to be like positive or negative but what advice would you give them to like help raise awareness for what young people are going through I think I'll just go back to the old saying of don't judge a book by its cover. End of the day, I was at university for two years. I dropped out because I was depressed and I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. I didn't feel like I was going to be able to cope with life. I will admit that I did try to do some stupid stuff when I was back at university. I won't go into depth about it because I don't want to bring that whole um, depressing story or side to uh, my life within this uh, discussion. But, you know end of the day we've all got our backgrounds some of them may be good some of them may be bad but that doesn't mean that we haven't got a future basically like I said don't judge a book by its cover and a quick point as well homelessness is not just street homelessness there's people living in temporary accommodation which they've been in for years and years and years you know women with children living in hostels you know and there's no social housing we need to build social housing just because you're housed doesn't mean you're safe so, you know, you can move into a, a, a housing association or a hostel, but it's not 100% that you're going to be staying there. So it's always precarious. You always feel like you're surviving, not living. Point Made, the podcast from Centre Point, by young people, for all people. If you want more information about Universal Credit, then visit our blog at www.centrepoint.org blog. Don't forget, Centrepoint offers free advice via the Centrepoint helpline to anyone aged 16 to 25 who is homeless or at risk of homelessness. Call us free on 0808 8000 We're open Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. You can also leave us a message on our website at www centrepoint.org.uk slash youthhomelessness slash get help now Point Made, the podcast from Centrepoint by young people for all people